Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, Brock Lesnar returns to Raw. SmackDown has a good night. Your G1 recap, that, and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Cut that one a little short, did you? Yeah, I, you know, I changed it up. You know. Ditch that 9 to 5. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Barack Ojaba. And to my <laughs> right, as always, we have two beer, Zach Bowman. Zach, how you feeling tonight? Lethargic. Yeah, you're feeling kind of full, right? Yeah, I ate way too much food. How was that Lions choice? Uh, really, really good. I always say that this November, I'm voting pro-choice. Pro-Lions choice, you know Absolutely. what I mean? <laughs> and to his right, as always, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. How you doing, JCB? Hashtag boo the heels. It is all good. Your boy is a little hungover, but I'm here. I'm ready to talk a little wrestling. There's some frustration I think I might have over the uh, the last three or four days of uh, watching the Raw, SmackDown, G1, the whole shebang. A little bit of frustration. Huh? A little bit. Nothing crazy. Well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, before we get too far into into it, we are coming to you from the exquisite Shock City Studios in stormy St. Louis, Missouri. We got Sam the Muller Mall. Turning the knobs. Uh, we got our buddies. Let's get comfortable coming in after us. We haven't seen them guys in They're a in while. The, they are in the bullpen getting warmed up. This yeah. is gonna be good. They might have to go. They might have to wait a little bit tonight, though. <laughs> uh, before we get our too house. far into it. We got to tell you about that day one-ish sponsor. That is Soul Taco. Soul Taco, baby. They are the best Korean-Mexican fusion food in the entire universe. Um, I mean, because if there's other plants, they probably don't have a Korea or a Mexico or food as good as Soul Taco. They got those tacos. They got those burritos. They got those quesadillas. They got those kimchi fries. They got those pot stickers. They got the cool atmosphere. They got the fun little space. They got places in the UC Loop in St. Louis. They got two food trucks driving around the St. Louis area. Chesterfield, Missouri. Columbia, Missouri. Champaign, Illinois. Chicago, Illinois. For all our Chi-Town friends, we'll be seeing you up there in less than a month from now. We are going to be at StarCast (laughs) in less than a month. And we are excited about that all-in pay-per-view or that all-in event, I guess I should call it. But... If you're up there in Chicago and you're within the sound of our voice, go stop by Soul Taco. Tell them the band from Ringside sent you. They got delicious food. It is not a play. It's not just because they're they're advertisers of us and they've supported us since day one. It's because they are legit good-ass food. Tell them, Oos. So uh, stop in. Tell them you're a friend of the show. Uh, are they are a friend of the show? They're a sponsor of the show, and that is Soul Taco. And without further ado, we'll get to our three counts. JCB, why don't you start us off? We're going to start off on a little of a somber note this week. We're going to talk about the deaths of Nikolai Volkov and Brian Christopher. Uh, Nikolai Volkov, for me, as unfortunately I'm old enough to remember, he and the Iron Sheik were the uh, the big foreign tag team. Back in the 80s, uh, basically wrestling against Mike Rotunda and uh, Barry Windham, guys of that ilk. This is where I think is where uh, Vince gets his, the way he portrays his foreign heels now is based off of 
Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. They, I think that's 100% true. Um, He's still trying to recapture that. Yeah, and that was a little moment in time where I think the United States was very patriotic, very proud to be Americans, and you got the right place at the right time where you basically had the Iron Sheik running down America at any point with his broken English and then Nikolai Volkov singing the uh, the Russian national anthem. It got its own legitimate heat so much so where the Iron Sheik has said publicly that they had to dress, go out in dresses to actually eat <laughs> dinner after the matches because people would see them and would go attack them or whatever the case may be. So that, That's heat. That's that's that's, 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 that's legit, legit straight up heat. Um, Brian Christopher is the one that kind of puzzles me a little bit because apparently his is a story of being detained after a suspected DWI and they detain him separately from the rest of the inmates because of his fame or whatever the case may be and apparently he ends up attempting to hang himself and dies in said process my only problem with this is the fact that he's being you can put him aside that's fine but then you still have to take those same precautions i mean i don't i'm not gonna lie i've been to jail let's let's not sit up here and, and tell falsehoods but once I went to jail, anything and everything that was could possibly be taken away from me was taken away from me. Yeah, I've been to jail. They take away your belt. They take away your shoes. Shoe strings, yeah. the whole shebang. I mean, the earrings are gone. Anything that could be gone to possibly end your life prematurely, they did so. How did he got to the point where he made a noose of some sort and intricately got to this point where, okay, I'm... I'm getting on this something that's elevated because clearly that's how you hang yourself. I just don't understand how he was so isolated that nobody came and saw him. He got to this point, And then after the fact, people have found out. And here's the aftermath thereof. Ultimately, it's sad both ways. Nikolai Volkov apparently um, dying of heart complications, didn't want to have surgery. It is what it is. I was, I was I mean, saying it before he, we started. He was 70. I mean, if you're a wrestler and you make it to 70, 70 that's, 70, that's an amazing 70 in wrestling years is like 120 in regular years. Right. Brian Christopher is probably also, something that it's is. also 490 in dog years. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Okay. Yeah, you're right. Seven times 70. Brian Christopher is something different just because it's it shouldn't be. it shouldn't be this way. I mean, to me, this sounds like this is, might be more than what is on the surface. I'm praying that it's not a, a CTE episode, but I wouldn't be surprised if they examine him and something along those lines happen because, I mean... I mean, he's got a long history of drug abuse and alcohol abuse. Yeah, Depression, but, I'm assuming, would have to come with that. Yeah. Okay, then that might have a lot to do with it itself. Go ahead. Two beer. Yeah, uh, on the Nikolai Volkov thing, you know, I caught the tail end of it back whenever he was back in WWF teaming up with the Iron Sheik like the second time. I was like 94 Ugh. whenever I was a kid. So that's like what I saw because I was like nine. Um, God, that was horrible. On that note, if you guys don't follow the Iron Sheik on Twitter, uh, you're missing out. It no, is. It's, it's, it's primo. <laughs> it might be my favorite Twitter account there is. I was about to say, I thought I was good on Twitter, man. Shit, that motherfucker right there just runs down everybody. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, with Brian Christopher, it was sad. Uh, you know, long history of drug and alcohol abuse. Um, yeah, apparently hung himself with some bed sheets. You know, it doesn't take that long to become brain dead, lack of oxygen. So, I mean, it's pretty sad. He had, you know, rushed into the hospital, brain death. They kept him alive so that Lawler could come and see him. Uh, apparently, Lawler had bailed him out quite a few times in the past. And, uh, you know, he'd been to rehab in and out. And they had kind of 
thought that it was best for him to kind of ride out his sentence here and, you know, try to do some tough love. And unfortunately, you know, he kind of took a easier way out and uh, it's a big bummer because he was a big talent and just had a lot of, uh, yeah, too cool was, uh, was definitely over. And him and Rikishi, they got all three of them got over just for big time, just for dancing after the fact or whatever the case may be. I mean, tag team champions, they had their run, and it's like like you said, it's just gonna be. I really want to know what exactly happened because I'm, I just find this hard to swallow that this just just happens and nobody says anything. No, well, I've been saying nobody says anything, but nobody knows exactly what happened. He's so isolated that nobody, there's not a camera in the cell or anything well, I mean, like that. It, he'd been in, it, it didn't, wasn't like he just went to jail that night. He'd been in jail for a few weeks. Um, so, okay, I mean, so more so to my point. I mean, they're saying they're not, he's, if he's not showing outward signs of like being suicidal, then if you want to kill yourself, you're probably going to find a way. To bring this back uh, to, because I don't want to dwell on the uh, somber too long, but to bring this back to a wrestling angle, Nikolai Volkov was one of those, like you said, the foreign menace. This is what uh, Vince based all of his foreign menaces on to this day, like still up to Jinder Mahal and Nakamura. He's always been trying to recapture that magic that he got with Nikolai Volkov, who put over a lot of guys very huge because he was such a great heel. I mean, there is no Hulk Hogan without Nikolai Volkov, maybe? I mean... I would say more Iron Sheik, but yeah, I was going to say Nikolai Volkov was definitely a part of that run where, you know, you had him with Bobby Heenan in any any way possible that Bobby Heenan can make this happen to take down Hulk Hogan and end WrestleMania, he would. That meant hooking up with Nikolai Volkov, so be it. So, uh, RIP to both of them. About Brian Christopher, uh, it kind of makes that last promo that he cut in WWE kind of fucked up because the last promo he cut in WWE was when, if I remember correctly, now I'm sure you guys will correct me. (laughs) You better get it right. I'm pretty sure that he came on Raw when they were building up to the Lawler-Michael Cole WrestleMania match and he went at his dad really hard about yeah. never being there. Right. And I remember at the time watching it and thinking, Ooh, that is a rough promo for a son to cut on a dad. I will say this though, to end it on a lighter note, uh, 46 is obviously too young to go. No shit. And uh, the way that he went and suicide is a tough way to go. And if anybody, if you're, if you're having any bad thoughts or if anybody out there you think is having bad thoughts, the best way to do is call a suicide prevention line, stuff like that. Uh, Brian Christopher and Scotty Tuhati were over O V E R during the raw during the raw era, and there were a lot of guys that were over. But when those guys got pops, when Scotty Tuhati got pops for doing the worm, and when those guys did their finishing move, that place went was electric, and so. Um, I'd rather remember him like that as yeah. being the guy who was wearing ski goggles <laughs> and whatever the fuck else they wore. I mean, it was a very it was a very 1999 type of uh, outfit. Yeah. You know yeah. those you wearing. know those visors that those like Chad visors with like the frosted tips coming out the top. Yeah. That was just Brian Christopher's hair. Yeah, frosted yeah. tips. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but man, uh, they were, and I know that Sky Duhati is a firefighter. I think down in the Tampa area now. No, um, but uh, which is kind of ironic. Yeah, he's like, hey, this fire is really hot. Every every time, they're like, all right, Scotty, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, 
Zach Pullman. He'll be here for about another 40 minutes. And uh, Brickhouse Brown died this week, too. I'll, I'll admit, I don't know anything about him. I think he was a Memphis legend, from what I understand. Uh, right. But uh, RIP to them all. And um, yeah, I mean, now it's time to get on to the fun stuff. So oh, we'll shit. get to our two counts. All right, what do you say to me? Uh, two count going into Raw, right? Um, so we've got uh, Lesnar on Raw. Hello! Hello! <laughs> Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. Finally. Uh, so uh, start the show with Roman, uh, which, you know, is a great way to do it. Uh, you know, we do it a lot. Is there another way to open up a Raw? I don't know. Maybe Stephanie? Yeah. We've never seen that before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, you know, Roman gets the gets the booze, uh, comes out, does his usual spiel on Lesnar. He's never around. He's got time to do UFC. Uh, you guys can watch it because it was actually a good, uh, it was a good segment, mostly because you could tell that Heyman had a big hand in writing it now that he's on the, the creative crew, at least for the Reigns-Lesnar storyline. He's handling that. And it has, you know, garnered, you know, some interest. We've definitely got heat on Lesnar. Uh, we've got like go away heat on Lesnar. They like, they fi- they finally done it. They've gotten heat on Lesnar and they've gotten some shine on Roman. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's going to translate to SummerSlam, but that crowd not uh, in Brooklyn. Was, yeah, that crowd was definitely into it by the end. So uh, of course Heyman comes out. Uh, you know Heyman's great. Uh, goes back. You know Lesnar won't come out. Goes back <laughs> again. Just just watch a thing. I don't want to rehash everything, but a couple takeaways. Uh, Bill Veggie tweeted it uh, on his Twitter at BFR Bill. Uh, you know the most relatable thing about Lesnar is that is, is that he does not watch Raw. Yeah, <laughs> he, he straight up he straight up said I don't watch the show, and we're like, yeah, we know you don't. He <laughs> was like, did you just see what happened out there when Reigns called uh, Lesnar his bitch, which Reigns leans on a little too heavily. Just I fucking saying hate bitch. that. I know I do too. But well, it made sense. Big Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar says, "No, I didn't watch the show, Paul." Why would I watch the show? And it's like, man, goddamn, he's got a good point there. Why would I watch the show? <laughs> and especially this week, that doesn't look great. And I mean, but none of this looks great. You got your champion who doesn't exist. Um, you got your biggest draw in the company that people just want to go away and go to UFC. Like that's yep. what the fans want. He is your biggest draw. Just look at the ratings. Um, it was up the highest since like 2017. This is the highest rated show since 2017. And and Rousey was back, and that's. That you know, sure definitely. With it. That's definitely part of it because they promoted Lesnar and, and Ronda. Uh, but I mean, there's just something wrong with that. And uh, another takeaway, my favorite part was uh, Heyman saying the definition of insanity is to do something over and over and over again with the same results. And that's what they're doing with Roman Reigns. Yeah, uh, they just keep shoving him down our throats. But it certainly uh, is. Uh, apparently, we're getting Lesnar for the go home show. Right before SummerSlam, I don't think it'll be back next week, but apparently he's booked to for that go home show. So, so thoughts, Jason? <sighs> the, the one now, the, the old Jason. Yeah, sigh. right. Yeah, the one thing that I, the biggest takeaway for me was how are you going to put heat on Brock Lesnar? And to me, it was like, and I said it when I was at uh, Tinder's place on Monday. The one way you could put heat on Brock at this point for just people that really don't care or like marginally can lean one way or the other is to attack the one guy that's been his ally since day one-ish. Going after Paul Heyman really makes Brock look bad because that's your boy. That's your, quote-unquote, the advocate. But 
and I know he said, you know, after the fact that, you know, we're not friends. You're just, you know, you work for me type shit. More so to my point. The one guy that's the line of defense between us, the Smarks, uh, Kurt Angle, Baron Corbin, the whole shebang is Paul Heyman. That's the guy that you want to keep around because you don't want to have to deal with us. So let, let Paul Heyman deal with it. So then when he turns on Paul now... And I caught myself for like 30 seconds. I was like, man, that's fucked up. How you going to turn on your boy? So now I was like, oh, okay, I got it. You just got me. Good job, Vince. You. Yeah. you did a job, Vince. They, they worked, what, yeah, they worked they you worked to a shoot, shoot, brother. They got me for 30 seconds just because I was like, man, that's messed up. You going to do your boy like that? Paul Heyman, when he when Brock finally came out and the smile on his face, man, that's cinematic gold oh, right he, there. He was so good. Oh, my, that was like you Vince. You make a poster out of it. That was like mm-hmm. when Vince had his head busted and he like winged up. I think it was a, it was a WrestleMania moment where he kind of leans up and he kind of smiles or whatever and he's like face full of blood or whatever. It's one of those moments where Paul Heyman looked and he kind of got that smile on his face. I was like, okay, things are going to go back to normal. And he turned on Paul again. He FIs Kurt Angle, basically leaves everybody in, the, in Detroit. That's the only good part about it. Outside of that, it was basically the same rehash storyline, just a new twist. Brock turns on Paul Heyman. See, this is where I kind of disagree with you guys because I thought that it was a well-told story from front to back when you concern Reigns, Lesnar, Heyman because you have Reigns getting kicked out of the building. Um, you have don't call too often. You have no, I know, but it's it, it's okay to it's okay to rehash storylines. I mean, we're the only fucking nerds that remember it. Not all these twenty year olds that are watching it now, or twelve year olds that are watching it now. You think they know what Stone Cold Steve Austin is? There's not too many twenty year olds watching, unfortunately. But that's that nine dollars and ninety nine cents that you can go back and see that. That's all I'm saying. It's just a re rehashed recycled storyline. We've seen all this before. With the new names players. are different. The names are different. How many movies have been made based on Shakespeare shit? People go still people still go see Ten Things I Hate About You. I knew you were so gonna that say be, ten so things so I hate that about does, you. Does that make it the good? Show, brother. So that makes it good? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, oh, it makes Jesus it good. Shakespeare's Christ. good. Did you see Othello? That movie was hot garbage. <laughs> no, no, but I saw I which, saw which Othello? Okay, more so to my point. Wait, are you talking about the Lawrence Fishburne one? No, I'm talking about the one with the, well, it was O. The basketball one? Yeah. No, I didn't see that one. <laughs> shit, dude. I was too busy getting laid in college. I didn't fucking see that shit. My point. Go ahead. I'm He's saying. too busy watching 10 Things I Hate About You. There is. <laughs> jerking out to Julia Stiles <laughs> yeah, dancing on the table. Late. Julia Stiles. Heath Ledger. I didn't. I, mm, I thought this. I thought this. <laughs> I thought that it was a good story told from front to back. We haven't seen a uh, Brock Lesnar-centric Raw in forever. And to have him in more more than one segment, and to have him doing almost comedy with the with the magazines he was reading, with ordering bro- the steak medium well. Room. That's not yeah. comedy. That's I know, goddamn trash. I know he's not ordering. I, you know Brock Lesnar <laughs> ain't ordering steaks medium well. That's a that dude, Who's, who's going to tell him no? That dude, I'll tell him no. That dude kills an elk in Manitoba or some shit, rips it apart, and eats it raw. <laughs> <laughs> He's the beast. Um, but I, I liked, I'll say, who impressed me the most on this episode of Raw, and I can't wait to get all the hate. Baron Corbin is really, oh, Jesus Christ. is really getting into, is really coming into his own in that character. Baron Corbin is very good in that character. Had a... 23-minute match with Finn Balor. That was a good match. Wrestled in street clothes the entire time. 
You mean, you mean the match where he beat the shit out of the little guy for 23 minutes and then pinned him clean? That was, that was fucking great. Got sucked. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you're kind of short shrifting, shrifting in there a little bit. But Baron Corbin uh, looked very confident in the back when he got punched by Roman Reigns. And when Brock Lesnar backed him out of the ring, he didn't want to get back down until he finally got back down. I thought his facial expressions were really good. And I think that Baron Corbin is really coming into his own in that I'm, character. I'm fine with the character. I, I, I hated the match. That's uh, uh, that's fine. But as as a character, he looks very comfortable in his role. He oh, didn't yeah. do nothing. What's he saying? I can stand there and be tall and not say a word. Well, well you can't be tall. Uh, but, yeah. you be tall. Can, okay, I can be angry black. I can stand there and be angry black and not say a word. I think Easy. Uh, I think I think you're selling Baron Corbin a little short if you think that he's not finally figuring his shit out. Like, I mean, it takes guys a little while to get used to shit on the on the I'm big not, stage. I like I like this gimmick better than the like your sister's boyfriend gimmick because that's what he was before he was just like your your sister's (laughs) boyfriend from granite city and you're like what why you why you why you dating this guy no i uh, i I think i think that he's really good i think that um brock lesnar was really good paul Heyman obviously is always so good yes and he was money in the last segment too uh do we think that do we think that Paul Heyman is turning on Brock Lesnar, or do they, do we think that's just a red herring that they're throwing at us? I think it's just I think it's just something for us to talk about. I think it's don't. an option, yeah, in case Brock doesn't stay, that they can, you yeah. know, put him somewhere else and you know have him be relevant without looking. But bad. once again, we've done that before. See Big Show, Brock Lesnar. Well, we put it on BFR Pod. We put the uh, we put the poll. Do we think that they were chanting "We want Roman" or "We want Strowman" at the end there? Because it's definitely I'm- Roman. I thought it was Roman. I thought it was Strowman. Because they were trying to... So they were saying... If they were saying Strowman, why would they say, we want Strowman, Strowman sucks? Like, they were trying to offset it with a Roman sucks chant. So there's people saying, we want Roman, Roman sucks. You're not going to say, we want Strowman, Roman sucks. You think they could tell in the room what they were chanting? Those two names are so similar. Right, that's what I was going to say. It's it's so... I mean, unless you were physically there, it didn't come across very well. Via TV, you guys are fake news. Is Heyman turning on Lesnar? No, I don't think Heyman turns on Lesnar. No, because Heyman's just kayfabe. He's about the money. He's an agent. He wouldn't want to lose his hottest commodity. I'm gonna, only commodity. I'm going to say no. Also, just because whenever we predict stuff like this, WWE always leaves us hanging. Uh, but that being said, uh, yeah, he's totally turning on. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. We got to keep it moving without further ado. Let's go to our three count. Uh, the three count is the uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship story, which I think they're telling a really good one, actually. I think Becky Lynch is a breath of fresh air in hey, the man. WWE. Hey, I think that she's a pure baby face. Mm-hmm. That has struggled her way to the top for a long time. That the crowd is definitely behind. She has, I think I said this last week, she has no problem uh, shilling to the fans to try to get their support. I think that having uh, Carmella came out, by the way, we can stop having the heel champ come out and do a fake sincere promo and then turn on uh, that face in, in the ring. Like, I understand that they wanted to do it after the evolution uh, announcement. But you guys got to figure something else out there. No, it's, it is. Oh, go ahead. But it was okay. And Charlotte came out for the save in the first segment and saved Becky Lynch from Carmella beating her up. And then Charlotte 
got her chance to get into the main event at or two into the title match at SummerSlam. So now we have Charlotte versus Becky versus Carmella for the championship. And I thought the story that SmackDown told with Becky saying, I never root against my best friend, but Becky is also saying, you know, I have a what pretty good, I have a way better chance against Carmella than I do against both of them. And I think ultimately this is going to lead into evolution and we're going to have a Becky Charlotte program going into evolution. It's about in October. the best match that you could book. Oh, no shit. I mean, we need Asuka in there somewhere, but I mean, but, I mean, just she's six feet under. She's we got to dig her up first, but that's yeah, you gotta dig but, her up. But, but Becky Charlotte is for Charlotte as a heel, Becky as a face. Please, WWE, do not turn Becky as a heel. Don't go against the grain. And I won't say I won't go that far. Becky, Charlotte's a Becky, better heel too. Okay, I'm not disagreeing with that, but Becky did did heel work in NXT, NXT and it was good. Yeah, she was, but but right now you've been doing so much legwork making her a babyface going I mean through SmackDown and Charlotte's such a better heel than she is a face. I, look, I agree, go ahead, go I ahead. agree with the whole logic, but this is WWE <laughs> and you know how this shit works. I would not be surprised. Because they've planted the, the, at least a couple of seeds where, you know, Becky doesn't look happy. Becky didn't say outright that I want Charlotte to lose. But like you said, I'm not going to root against my best friend. But you you can see the internal conflict, if you will, if you yeah. want to go Star Wars on yeah, your She's ass. actually a pretty good actress. Yeah. I, I felt bad for her by the end. I was like, man, that's fucked up. Better than a porn actress. Better than a WWE actress. <laughs> what? Yeah. She's better than both. <laughs> you, need to, you need to watch better porn, buddy. <laughs> well, fist, fist bump on that? No, but yeah, I'm, fist bump. Just because you I jerk agree. off to Monster's Ball doesn't mean every hall porn's that good. <laughs> Feel good. <laughs> and that was not porn, by the way. Yeah. That was cinemographic excellence. Yeah. Tell, tell my dick. Becky's, <laughs> Becky's great. <laughs> Becky's great. She's my favorite female wrestler. I, I mean, I want to root for her so bad. And she gets shit on all the time. Well, they, sh- so they do shit we- it on her booking wise. I mean, she can she can clearly get it done in the ring. Ultimately, it's how we book this from this point going to SummerSlam and then SummerSlam to Evolution. I think Go going into SummerSlam, you have to think about where Evolution is going to where Evolution is in the middle or the end of October. Which Summer- means both those belts got to come off. They got to come off Alexa Bliss, and I mean they got to put the they they're going to put the belt on Ronda Rousey, and they're going to put the belt on either Charlotte or Becky, unless they don't care about the wrestling show. If they, you know, because I you, think they're going to try to make the biggest show possible. I would hope, but I mean, right now you still, you know, they talk about women's evolution, and you know, look at your your champions; they're just fucking pretty girls, pretty blonde girls that can talk, and all the wrestlers. I mean, Charlotte got injured. You know, she was gone for a while. She held the belt for a good long time. But that's it. I mean, they can kind of work Alexa better than Carmella, but we're still, those are the faces of yeah, yeah, WWE women's and wrestling. I, I think they know where they're going. They, I, I, there's you, no you way. give them so much credit. So no, much credit. No, I give Alexa a lot of credit. No, I'm saying you're Bill, giving creative. Bill's credit got because Stockholm you're syndrome. <laughs> you say they know what they're they know where they're going. I don't think that all the time they know where they're going. Oh, I think they know where they're going with the evolution. I I definitely think they have a two month plan for evolution. Dude, when they announced Shit. evolution, they know that hey, two months from now or two and a half months from now, we're gonna have the the biggest women's event that we've ever had in wrestling history. 
because it's WWE and it's all women, and we can't have Carmella and Alexa Bliss holding the belts. They want they want three big matches, four big matches, and it's going to be uh, Becky versus Charlotte. Oscar's got to have a big one. Maybe Ronda versus Oscar or something like that. That'd be amazing. That's the best thing you could do. And then you know, a couple battle royals, I guess. Uh, a couple, God couple damn. battle royals. Jesus. <laughs> Money in the bank. I don't know. <laughs> what I don't the know. fuck? It is oh, worth. Know. It is worth mentioning there were. Uh, there were three. <laughs> there were three matches on SmackDown, and two of them were women's. It's probably never happened before. Uh, no, Z- Zelina Vega versus Lana is was hardly a match. Yeah. No, but it, like I said, it, it progressed the storyline of the end of Rusev Day coming down the line. So I'm, I mean, that's the match wasn't good, but I gave it a pass because we got storyline progression. I'm All right. And uh, that'll do for our three counts. We're going to talk about our second sponsor tonight, but number one in our hearts. Well, I mean. Number one and one A or one and one one A. I mean, stop. We love them both. They're on the Mount Rushmore of our sponsors. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, That's JJ Twigs on Southampton. That's JJ Twigs on Southampton, guys. They got the best pizza. I'm there all the time. I go there every weekend. Sorry that you didn't get invited, Jason Bell. As usual. Listen, I know that you're not up when I go there, man. But I go there and I get that breakfast pizza and I get that Super Mario and I get that Meet Me in St. Louis. I, sometimes I get the the uh, it's called the uh, Nickel City. It's got that buffalo chicken on it with the ranch and all that good stuff. But you can split the pizzas half and half, which is what I do sometimes. Sometimes Gotta friend of the show Scott from sometimes friend of the show Scotty Bourne takes his wife there and she gets the buffalo chicken wrap and and that's really good, guys. Scotty, hit me up on uh, Twitter. I got your shirt coming. He's got your shirt coming. They got the Joya, which is based off of uh, the sandwich sauce from Joya's on the Hill, which is so good. The Route 66 has got that barbecue sauce and chicken, all that good shit. If you like pineapple on your pizza, I know we've talked about this guy before. My wife likes pineapple on the pizza. She gets the Big Island because she knows that I won't tear into it because <laughs> I don't like pineapple on my pizza. But, guys, it's JJ Twigs on Southampton. It's at Gothy in Hampton. It's just south of Ike. Burger, tell them the band from Ringside Center. They're a friend of the show. They're a sponsor of the show. This is band from Ringside. And now it's time to get to our G1 recap. And I think, you know, there's a couple matches we could talk about. But what's the one match that you want to talk about, J Bell? If there was, I don't want to talk about. <laughs> what's the one match you want to talk about? Um, because I have one match I want to talk about, but I'll let you go first. I'll talk about whatever you guys don't talk about. One match I want to talk about. It's, it's just so many. They blend in. I'll just I'll just go recently biased because it's something I just saw, and it was this morning. Um, Suzuki and Okada wrestled this morning, and major spoilers from this point on. Um, fast forward. Yeah, I'd say fast forward, do what you need to do because just we're going to talk. Go JJ Twigs and Sultago, but right? fast forward if you need to. And then come back. Um, I hate the fact that... Suzuki has dominated two matches. He's dominated Tanahashi. He's dominated Okada. I mean, if it was a 15-man match, Suzuki dominates 12, 13 minutes, and then the next thing you look up, and he's down and he's pinned. I just don't understand that. I mean, this is... If you looked up heel 
in Webster's Dictionary, there's a picture of Suzuki kind of like laughing at you maniacally and shit. I mean, he is the, the guy that is in your dreams, you know, haunting you, chasing after you because he's just that fucking scary. And how are you not going to have this guy? Jay White, I'll give you that. I'm willing to concede Jay White. If you're going to go with elevating new stars, okay, Jay White, I'll give you that. But Suzuki shouldn't be losing matches like this, man. And it drives me up the fucking wall. He should be at least in the mix of leading in this A block or points behind, maybe two points behind. I think he's now like at eight, where Tanahashi's now at 12. So now he's basically been mathematically eliminated from the tournament, which kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Everybody's going to get eliminated. There's only two people that win, you know, one for each block. But at the that's what I'm... It just it really makes me upset, and it's the few times where I, you can ever see me get mad about New Japan. Yeah, I'm I just don't get mad. Right now. <laughs> I don't like the way that they booked Suzuki. Outside of that, all the matches have been good to great, depending on who you like, who you don't like. Obviously, Yano, fuck Yano. I mean, he, you know, he he flashes. <laughs> he, no, he flashes a couple of good wrestling matches, and then you know, this morning he's back to you know doing his old usual bullshit. So, so that's fine, but. Ultimately, the one match that really kind of set me off and, and probably kept me up this morning was Suzuki versus Okada. Two beer. Yeah, I don't remember with um, Suzuki and Okada wrestled recently in Suzuki's hometown. I think they went to a 30-minute draw. I think that's the uh, the match that, that that's in the rain or whatever. outdoors, yeah. yeah. Rainmaker. Yeah. yeah, it worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't remember. I think it was a draw. Uh, anyway, uh, what match were you going to talk about? Because I, I talk about something else. If, you go first. Well, Abushi Ishii is the match that stood out to me the most since the last time we've talked, just because I can't, it's hard to think of a stiffer match that I've ever seen in a, in a fake, in a pro wrestling match <laughs> that was as stiff as those two guys went at it. Because, I mean, how many times did they hit each other as hard as they could? I mean... There's no, I mean, when the camera's right there, I mean, I know that those guys can pull back. I know they can, you know, pull their punches, but they were chopping each other in the neck over and over and over again. And the only time they really stopped chopping each other or hitting each other in the face, like Ishii was just punching Ibushi in the face. The only time they stopped is when Ibushi, uh, when they walked out to uh, into the crowd. Yeah, right. And then Ibushi did the backflip off the balcony, off whatever. the balcony onto him. That that was in that was an insane looking match. And I know that I saw Zach put it on Twitter be like five days before I'd seen it. And he said this Ibushi Ishi match is actually just making me uncomfortable. And I thought, well, you know, here's this millennial dude, you know, (laughs) being soft. And then I watched it and it was uncomfortable to watch. They were hitting the shit out of each other. I hated it. I know. I know it was, it was a good match. That's what he said when he came over tonight. He said he hated it, but I mean, it was a really good match, but I don't think I'll watch it again. I don't want to watch it again. Like Fuck that. I watch that over and over. I mean, I just don't like seeing that. But what's funny, so look at um, Ishii Goto, another great hard-hitting match. Yep. That match I'd watch, you know, three times in a row. Like, those guys, I didn't feel like they were actually going to, like, hurt each other. Those guys, uh, Ishii and Ibushi, I thought one of their fucking tracheas was going to collapse. I did, know? too. I, I thought that they were... It's hitting each other in the throat very hard, and it's that's a weird thing to watch. I would watch it again, but 
I, I'll agree with you. It was not an enjoyable match. It was one of those matches where you watch, and it, well, you're the the whole time. It's like when I'm watching Westworld. Like I watch Westworld, and all I think about is what are the logistics of them creating this park with robots that fucking kill all the time? It's like, well, no, no I mean, the insurance policies would be out of this world. And like, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I, can't I can't watch the show without getting into this, without getting into the thought process. And when I watched that Abushi Ichi match, I was thinking. Did they? What was their What was their conversation? Because those guys have fought. Those guys have wrestled so many times before. What was their thought process going into it? Were they saying, "Hey, we're going to make this match different than anything else that anybody's seen in the G One so far"? I haven't watched all the matches, obviously, but I've watched a lot. And I think if there would have been one as hard hitting as that one, I think it probably would have shown up in my Twitter feed. Oh yeah, for sure. But it was more brutal than Naito Jericho, and they fucking did some shit. Yeah, they went after each other. It was. Way more brutal than Naito Jericho because yeah. Naito Jericho was a lot of wrestling and it was a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of wrestling moves. Ishii Ibushi, there wasn't a whole lot of wrestling moves. It <laughs> yeah. was a lot of punching each yeah, other, I was say, kicking, shiver, yeah. <laughs> lots of it. So all I could think was, was that the decision that they came to, or were they like, hey, let's? Uh, I mean, they, they obviously know each other really well. Were they just saying, hey, let's go out there and see how it goes, and then one of them hit one of them too hard, and then they were like, ah, fuck that, (laughs) here we go, and then they just start beating the fucking shit out of each other. Yeah. Uh, it was a rough match. I, I, I liked it. I'm sorry. Just call me what you want. That, but that's what I like. That's what I want to see from my wrestling. That's why I always stress this is wrestling. This is sports entertainment. That's the difference. I lean towards the wrestling side. That was like sports entertainment snuff, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the kind of porn I watch and I feel guilty after I come. Like, I'm just like, oh, man, I'm not proud of that one. Shit. You got your mind. <laughs> Thank God I was an incognito FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Which do you think was the best match you've seen up to, the, up to this point? Uh, that was great. Um, I haven't seen... Uh, I he, just, he just goes. I hate it. I wouldn't watch it. That was great. It was, it, but it was it, 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 it was different and special. But I, I personally hated it. But I can it was, it objectively see why it is great. It definitely stood out. Yes. Yeah. Um, recently, uh, just a, a highlight. Uh, go watch uh, Elgin Okada. I thought that was really good. Uh, but the last two Omega matches. I mean, he's the fucking common denominator. He's undefeated so far. Man, Omega Sonata. Omega Sonata was so great. Omega's wrestling with a fucking broken heel, and you'd never know it. You would never fucking know it. He's not slowing down. He's not changing his moveset. He is just going balls to the wall, ultimate bout machine every night. And uh, we just watched Omega, Zack Sabre Jr. right before uh, we came here. So that was another really good one. So uh, right now, real quick, standings. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it really shouldn't take that much because we're down to basically three on each side. Yeah, the only folks that are still in it, we got Tanah- in the A block, Tanahashi at 12, Jay White at 10, and Okada at 10. B block, we got Omega at 12, Naito at 10, which is interesting because Omega beat Naito, so Omega's actually got to lose a couple times right. because there's the tiebreaker. Omega Abushi's in the last night, though, right? Yes, right. so that's a possibility, and then we got Omega Ishii. So Omega could lose both of those matches, and Naito could win both of his matches. Wait, how many points does Abushi have? Eight. Eight. So, he would have to run the table, yeah, including beating... So what happens, and I don't know the rules well enough, what happens if Omega wins the G1 as the belt holder? Then he picks who he wants to fight. No shit. Yep. 
He gets to call out his opponent. God, they should just start the G1 over right when this one's over. Right when this <laughs> one's done. Good. Those guys need, start no, they need a month to heal. Yeah, I was getting ready to say it. I can't remember what night it was, but I remember tweeting. It was an A block night, and I remember tweeting that, you know, this was probably one of the worst G1 nights that I've seen in the, in the two years I watched. It looks like they they hit a wall on that night, and, you know, things weren't crisp. Botches here and there, nothing crazy, but just, you know, the little stuff that kind of stands out. Yeah, I was saying to Zach when um Omega hit his when when Omega hit the one wing angel on Sonata, you could tell he was tired because he didn't not only did not tuck the head under, he just kind of put him on his back. Right. It's like the dude was tired as hell. It's like please yeah. do that every time so you don't Well, I'm sure <laughs> with the broken heel, I'm sure, you know, having that weight on on his back is not necessarily helping that either. Yeah. This is banned from ringside. All right, some other odds and ends. Uh, we had Samoa Joe on SmackDown cut a killer promo. Money. Killer promo Money. on AJ Styles. Um, it kind of makes me think that Joe might be the best guy going in WWE. Like, pro- uh, Promo-wise, absolutely. We, d- we I'm don't still lean a Miz. I mean, I'm sorry. It's it's, it's only because we see more Miz. But if you put if you gave the time Samoa Joe the time that Miz gets every I week, that nah, that I agree with. If he became champion and had to cut promos every two to three weeks, no, and oh, no, oh. and nobody cuts a meaner promo than Joe. No, I mean, it's, I'm not even talking about the personal stuff that he said about AJ Styles about him not being there <laughs> to look his daughter in the eye. How his kids will be happy that he loses the title because then they'll have their dad back. Damn, <laughs> that, that was really good. And he set it up by saying, I've known you a long time. AJ Styles is like, oh, God. Yeah, damn. this one's getting ready to get ugly. Uh, that was really great. I'm very much so looking forward to that match. I hope yeah. that match doesn't lead off SummerSlam or some, no, some shit no, like that. No, no. Yeah, but they've done shit like that no, before. They should have Reigns Lesnar lead off. Yeah, just to, just to make sure that the crowd doesn't turn against <laughs> you. <at the laughs> exactly. End. You're right, because the crowd would be hottest. In that moment, and the crowd will not turn against you at the end. If you had AJ versus Joe, you'll have all those smarks in Brooklyn right along with you the entire time. You're right. God, you should book the territory. I should. Um, we pay had me. pay me. We <laughs> had uh, uh, Jeff Hardy, RKO, and Nakamura. Looks like Nakamura is RKO's like little buddy now or something. I couldn't really tell what was happening there. Uh, I, I like the I like the new brutal RKO. I like Randy Orton as the killer heel. That's that's the heel best. Orton is best Orton. Um, heel Orton is best Orton. Correct. Uh, Nakamura is is basically the Vince model of what he likes his heels. It's a, it's a chicken shit heel, but he's deadly enough to where. As long as, okay, Randy, I'm good to go do this. And then Randy was like, yeah, go ahead. Kinshasa! And then he was like, okay, now we're good. And let me sneak out of the ring. Give me my belt and I'm gone. It's a classic Vince chicken shit heel guy. And it's it's working its way to probably a triple threat match. Two beer. About that? Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Hill Lord. I'm not real hot on this feud I, I hope the match is good i don't really care i mean i watch the i watch <laughs> i kind of watch it i'm just being honest <laughs> i mean I, i'm not trying to promote the product i kind of watch it and fast forward i will give it credit where credit is due okay it at least makes me wonder what's going to happen next versus things that have been on raw where you've got dolphin seth again roman and brock again um Here's something fresh that happened on Raw that you guys probably haven't thought about. Did you guys think about how good Baron Corbin was this week? (laughs) (laughs) 
No. Um, okay. No. Uh, <laughs> As a matter of fact, no, I did not. I was bored off my rocker. I'm just, I, I get it. It's 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 a repackaging of Barry Corbin. It, this doesn't work for me. He I don't mind do Corbin. Much. I like Corbin. I just, uh, I don't like. I was kidding. We didn't, we didn't have to comment yeah. on that again. Like, that's why I do, like, when I feel cornered by everybody not liking me, I just double down on it so that yeah. it seems like a joke. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's, it's like a, the Papa John CEO like saying the N word in the racial sensitivity training. So, yes, this is the word you don't say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I was joking about about the uh, yeah, right. Barry Corbin. <laughs> you took the N word out of context. <laughs> you said it directly. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get Elias Lashley. Uh, I'm not really excited about that, but that probably is a step. I mean, as much as I love Elias, not, as much as Lashley makes me uh, snooze, uh, that probably is a step up in the right direction for Elias if he goes over. Sure. Yeah, but then th- this goes back to my point that I was making two weeks ago. Everybody was, you know, patting Roman Reigns on the back, you know, thanks for putting Bobby Lashley over. If he loses to Elias, this is going backwards. It's not going forwards. This is regression. Okay, Not, he put, not for Elias, though. No, for Elias, it's great. Yes. Okay, it's good for Elias. It's bad for Bobby Lashley. Maybe they got what they needed out of Lashley, though. Oh, of course. You know, send the black man out. Go pick my whoa, cotton. Whoa, bring- whoa, oh, I'm whoa, sorry. whoa, 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 whoa. It's not because he's black. It's because he sucks. <laughs> no, he doesn't suck. No, they he should put Big E in the Lashley. Okay, but that... But you're we're not- talking about black guys. Okay, that, and I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying that they used Lashley to, to make him credible. So when he beat Roman, everybody's like, oh, he beat Roman Reigns. You know, now Bobby Lashley's this guy, blah, blah, blah. And then a week... It wasn't even a week later. It was 24 yeah. hours later. But- he loses to fucking Roman <laughs> well, Reigns. That's true. That's true. But here's what you've... You've always talked about this, though, how Undertaker never lost to anybody to give them to the rub. Undertaker, and then when Undertaker finally lost at WrestleMania, he gave Brock Lesnar the rub, and Brock Lesnar still hasn't handed it off to anybody except for Goldberg thus far. So if Bobby Lashley gets any sort of rub by beating Roman Reigns clean, he should hand it off to somebody at this point, right? He doesn't lose all that shine just because he lost to Roman Reigns 24 hours you, you, later. You can't put Bobby Lashley and The Undertaker. Proportionally. Proportionally. I get what you're saying, but this, then why bring Bobby Lashley back? This is what... Under those Dude, circumstances, I, I asked that question right when they were going to do under it. Under those circumstances, rewind I, the tapes. <laughs> I said, "Why are they bringing Bobby Lashley back?" Under those circumstances, bug eye, motherfucker, God. because he's a fucking brick shit house. And if you booked him right and remind everybody that he's this fucking MMA badass that can break your arm and beat you with it, they didn't then do it okay, they did it with fucking his sisters uh, with yeah, Sami Zayn. That was they horrible. Lost, they lost him with then the they sisters. got it right with Roman Reigns, at least making him look realistic. And now they're going backwards again. Yeah, making him a comedy. He should act. be fighting Lesnar is what he should be doing. He should be doing low comedy. Just have him an ass kicker. Turn him heel. Have him whoop everybody's ass for a little bit. Uh, the Daniel Bryan Miz segment this week was uh, very good, I thought. Uh, Miz, Daniel Bryan said what he went to to Miz. Miz brought back the Talking Smack segment that set the whole thing off. Um, it was This was after they had to put over Evolution, though. Yeah, had to get that out of the way. Yeah, first. they had to get oh, it out of the I way. Think I think it's by this point is common practice. It's yeah. SRO. It kind of did seem like Dan Bryan was trying to take a little bit of credit for evolution. It's like, <laughs> yeah. eh, no, no, no. He's like, let, let me mansplain no, this wife. pay-per-view. It's his wife. <laughs> it's his wife that helped with the give divas a chance hashtag. It was his wife. 
I'm not sure that these women get how good this is, but I put in a lot of work uh, <laughs> to get Bree this match. Hey, look, he uh, might, he might have politic. You don't know. That is the match that I'd say if I'm looking forward to two matches, looking forward to two matches at SummerSlam, it's Daniel Bryan and Miz mm-hmm. and Samoa Joe and AJ, even mm-hmm. though both of them will probably be the beginning two trilogies that will probably end at Hell in the Cell. Or Royal Rumble? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's Either way, it's not going to be the only match they have. No. Like, the, no, both no. of them will have more no, than one match. They'll wrestle on Ron SmackDown every fucking week. Uh, Ouch. Eh, maybe not. <laughs> uh, Seth Tag Rollins, matches and all that. Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. Um, they are probably the maybe the two best pure workers that are on the main roster right now besides AJ. I'll give you Seth. Uh, but yeah, AJ's... Seth and AJ. Besides, uh, yeah, but and I think Ma- even... McIntyre's so fucking good, though. I think he's no, great, he's but I mean, there's guys. Um, I guess it's just because I feel like they put in more time. You know, like Ziggler's a fucking great peer worker. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, oh, oh, I'm not going to mention the man's name. Never mind. I'll, go ahead. Who? Nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm, All right. Well, McIntyre's a badass, right? McIntyre's a badass, and there's no question about it. It's yeah. just, it's, no, I don't. I'm not. And I, I, I he's want, a great speaker, too. As long as he too. keeps slow burning this whole angle, he'll be fine. All right. We got to get out of here because uh, those Let's Get Comfortable guys are back there. But if uh, Lesnar if that, Lesner loses the belt at SummerSlam and goes away, and Heyman's still in the contract, my proposal is, is that Heyman gets Drew McIntyre as a Heyman guy. Now, I know that Drew McIntyre can talk, and he can, but... Heyman is the type of guy that is very good with guys that are also good at talking, uh, like CM, CM Punk. Punk. Uh, like I, I even think that Brock Lesnar is not a bad promo when he when he has to fucking talk. Like he was good this week when he got on the mic. Uh, anybody else? I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but anybody else? I don't want to see Heyman with Owens coming out of SummerSlam or anything like that. Owens takes the briefcase. Owens takes the briefcase, cashes in, and I think Heyman I, goes I, with him. I don't think Owens. I don't think Owens is taking the briefcase. I think that they just uh, put Owens in the match with Braun Strowman to remind you that the briefcase is still in play. And why did Braun Strowman cash in, or at least tease a cash? That's in? the biggest issue. He, he's like, as soon as I see Brock Lesnar, I'm cashing in. Y'all was like, in Miami hey, together, hey, He was there. He was there. Uh, he's just biding his time. Yeah, yeah that was whatever. that was a big oversight. Even if even if he would just came out. Even his music just would have played, and Owens would have came up behind with a chair. Tease the cash in. Tease the cash in. Have Owens come behind with a chair, and then have Lesnar walk past them both, laughing. Right. You know, that would have been cool. This is banned from ringside. All right, time to get to our birthdays. Uh, we got Dino Bravo. Oh, Dino, sixty-nine. Nice. Nice. <laughs> We ain't shit. <laughs> uh, Tony Nese is 33. Underrated. Same as mine as his abs. Uh, J. Bell, get your... <clears throat> you ready? Me, 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 me. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> Sable is 51. <laughs> I'd hit it. I'd still hit it. I'm, for nostalgia alone, I would still hit it. Shayna Baszler might be listening. 38. Uh, Alexa Bliss is Bad 27. Ass. Tugboat mm-hmm. slash Typhoon is 62. Two, or would be 62. Yeah, I think he's dead. Yeah, he's got to be dead, right? Savio so. Vega is 54. Wade Barrett, the underrated motherfucker that should they be probably up. champ right they now. is him up. 
Just a few months younger than me. He's 38. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We know there's a ton of podcasts to listen to, so we t- appreciate you taking the time to listen to ours. Take for Sam the Muller Mall, for Check. Shock City Studios, Check. for Soul Taco, Check. for JJ Twigs, for Two Beers, Zach Pullman, Check. for Jason Cornelius Bell. I am Bill Vang, and everybody, hashtag Boo the Heels. That's B O O T H E H E E L S. No one.